are in a brand new series called Twisted. And let me, let me put it like this to you. Maybe this is the best way for us to understand what we're going to talk about for the next few weeks. Um, you know, in the news today, we have the whole Ebola crisis in West Africa, and it's spilling over into different parts of the world. It's even shown up here in America. And so we're real. How many know we're very disease conscious people? How many of you, ladies, real quick, how many of you have some like Purell in your purse right now? You have some hands. Yeah, look at all the hands. Go. I got some hand sanitizer. Why do you have hand sanitizer? Because we are very germ conscious, aren't we? How many, how many of you would be self-proclaimed? I'm a germaphobe. I'm really... Baby, yep, you better raise your hand. Don't you lie at church. Uh, you just you just want some hand sanitizer. Why do we want hand sanitizer? Because we believe that there are these things called germs that we cannot see with our naked human eye, but we believe they float around in the air, they get into fluids, we touch, shake. How many of you are at church and then like you just did the like greet time and you shook like two or three people's hands and what did you do? Like you have like a hip thing where it's just like why? Because you're like, I don't know if they've been to West Africa. I don't know. I believe in germs. Now, here's what you need to know, though, and you, you already know this, is that, is that we have not always believed in germs. Did you know that? Like, like germs isn't something we always believe. As a matter of fact, prior to the 1800s, really, people believed in something called spontaneous generation. What they believed was is that these diseases would just spontaneously appear and no one would know why like you just be a normal person living your everyday life poop you would get sick and they would say wow you got some kind of spontaneous generation some kind of spontaneous disease which makes it kind of weird too because then that's where you get into like yeah god cursed you because it gets real easy to do that because we don't have an explanation and so personally say, well god got you you know apparently you've got a lot of sin in your life and sin is cursing you or, or we have all these excuses and all these reasons but doctors just generally believe that a disease would just appear out of thin air it would just spontaneously appear and then this guy named louis pasteur came along in the 1800s and he came up and developed what we call germ theory which it's not a theory anymore. It's a fact, right? We all believe that's why you got the Purell. So we, we, we believe, basically Louis Pasteur came out and said, actually, guys, there is something unseen. It, it's almost it's floating around in the air at times or whatever, and it can just come on you and it can cause you to get sick. And when Louis Pasteur came out with this, everybody was like, that's brilliant. We're totally on board. No, that's not what they did at all. They thought he was a lunatic. They, he was banished from the medical like like society for years. They thought he was insane, some of the stuff that he would come up with. And so this idea of, because people have a hard time acknowledging, can we all admit, we have a hard time acknowledging or accepting that certain unseen things affect the seen world, that certain things that are invisible affect what is visible. And so this is what Louis Pasteur, and eventually there was enough proof and evidence to support the germ theory that everybody bought into it. And now we know. And so now if you ever go to a foreign country, you know, like we went to, we went to uh, South America years ago and like, you just don't drink everything. You don't eat everything. They don't, they don't have the same rules that we have, the same sanitary procedures that we like. You would order a glass of milk and there'd be a nice curdled layer on top of that bad boy when you got it. Yum. You know what I mean? You, you just, you just don't, you don't, you, you ever been to Mexico and they're like, don't drink the water, don't, cause they just got little things that we're not, not used to and it'll tear our stomach up. What are they? They're germ, they're unseen things. And so we all buy into this. And here's what we're going to talk about for the next few weeks is that in the same way that there is a, a, an unseen germ that can affect your physical body, the Bible teaches you 
that there is an unseen world. That there are things going on around you that you can't see. I don't know how it works. I, like I said, I'm probably going to create more questions than I create answers. I'm okay with that. Uh, I'm using a microphone right now. I have no idea how it works. But I still use it, right? You don't, most of you don't know how it works. You still listen to it. Just because you can't explain it doesn't mean you shouldn't apply it. Can I get an amen? Like certain things, like I still don't know how a record works. That don't make no sense to me how you can put a, a, a thing on a piece of plastic and music. That don't make no sense to me. Like digital technology makes more sense than the record player to me. So anyway, a lot of things in life I don't understand. And so what I'm going to, I'm going to delve into the realm of the spooky today. So if you're here and you're not a believer, just roll with me for a little bit. And I, I think you're going to catch on. For some of you out there, you're going to think, wow, pastor, this is great. We should be talking about this more often. I'm so glad. I, I didn't even know you believed in this stuff or, you know, whatever. And so some of you are going to think, you know what? I'm so glad you're talking about this because I've got this weird thing going on. And I've wondered if this is. So I'm with you. We all are at a different place in life. But what we're going to see today is that there's an unseen world that affects the seen world, the world that we live in every day. And if you need any proof of it, let's just be honest. Some of us, all we have to do is look in our rearview mirror and we've got questions, don't we? Have you ever looked into your past and said, what was I thinking? How could I have been so stupid? Yeah, dumb. can I say stupid? Church? Blind. How could, how did I not know? How could I not see? How, why in the world did I keep going down that road? Why did I keep doing that? I, I know better. I was raised differently than that. I was always taught not to do that. And like, why did I do that? Why did I go down that? Why couldn't I see that coming? You ever done that when you look into your past and you wonder why, why is it that I, it was so clear to me? But I still went down that path and I still kept doing that thing. And so we can all admit that when we look in our rearview mirror that there are certain things that just don't make any sense to us. So some of us, we don't need to look in the rearview mirror. Some of us just, the mirror. Like, why do I keep on doing that? Why can't I shake that? I, I know better. You ever done that before? And the difference between you doing right or wrong had nothing to do with knowing better. And so for some reason, we have these things where we're just drawn to, or, or we're really, this is what we're going to get, we'll talk about, we are just deceived or blinded to certain realities. And so we get caught up and we're like, how could that have happened to me? I'll, I'll prove it to you that it's true because some of you are literally, you know the worst part about being deceived is? The, the scariest and the worst part about being deceived is, is that you don't actually know that you're deceived. This is what always scared me because like, I could be deceived right now. And I wouldn't even know it. And so like, and I'll prove it to you, because you ever look at your friends, people that you love, and they do some of the dumbest things in the world. Like, like, why would she date that guy? What in the world? That is the disaster waiting to happen. And it is plain and obvious to you, but they can't see it. And yet you've dated somebody. <laughs> And all your friends thought the exact same thing. Why couldn't you see it? Because sometimes we get blinded. Sometimes we get deceived. And what we're going to see over these next few weeks is, is that there is an unseen world. There's a spiritual realm. There's a spiritual enemy. And there's things in play that are influencing us even when we are completely unaware of it. And that's why we get down the road and we look back and think, what was I doing? What was I thinking? Why, why couldn't I see? How could I have been so blind? It's because there's an unseen world affecting your seen world. Are you, are you flowing with me so far here? 
There's just certain things going on in the world today that don't make sense and don't add up. This is what Jesus said. Jesus believed that there was an unseen world. And this is, he describes it in in many different ways. The Bible describes it in many different ways. I can't take the time to look at all of them. Let's just look at one. In John chapter 8, Jesus begins having a conversation with religious people. Not weird people, not kooky people, like religious people. And he's having this conversation with them. And and the dialogue is basically going like this. Like, hey, I've come from God. The Father sent me. Why can't you see that? And they get into this whole thing about, like, we don't need you because we're Abraham's kids. And we're, you know, it's this kind of weird conversation. And he ends up pointing out to them why it is that they cannot see Jesus for who he really is. John chapter 8, look at verse number 43. The Bible says, why is my language not clear to you? He asks them a question, but then he answers it. Well, because you're unable to hear what I say. And here's why. It's because you belong to your father, uh, the devil. That's kind of insulting, isn't it? Like, don't ever, like, use that. Like, this is what Jesus said. Don't ever get into a conversation with your husband. Like, yeah, you're just like your daddy, the devil. You know, don't, <laughs> don't do that. This is descriptive, not prescriptive scripture here. Okay, good. All right, so you believe, this, is, this is Jesus talking to some religious people. Now, how would you feel if you thought you were, a, you were a very righteous, religious, holy person, and then the rabbi comes up and says, oh, yeah, yeah, you're just like your daddy, the devil, you know. So you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth because there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks his native language, because he's a liar. Actually, he's the father of lies. Yet, because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. So Jesus goes into the realm of the unseen. He goes, hey, I want you to know that the reason why you're blind, the reason why you can't see things as they really are, is because there's a veil over you, and there's a, there's a deception over you. There's, there's a twist, there's a little something going on in your mind and with your eyes and in your heart that you are not quite able to see things as they're supposed to be. There's a twist going on, and that's why. And many times when we look at our own lives, we think, why could I not see that? Is it possible that there was a twist? Was, there was a, a veil. There was a deception. There was a blindness. And, 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 and some of you, there is that kickback. Um, I read something really, really interesting that, that I read two things that were really interesting. Number one is this, is that more people believe in God than believe in the devil, which is very convenient, isn't it? More people believe in heaven than they do in hell. That's very convenient. And then the last one is this, is in, in the United Kingdom, more people believe in aliens than they believe in God. And I thought that was just kind of weird. And so, and I thought they might buy into what I'm saying today. So anyway, uh, so, so Jesus takes on this, this kind of realm, this unseen realm, and he's not speaking metaphorically. This is not symbolic. This is literal, because he goes on to say, yeah, the, you know, the whole thing, you're, the devil, this unseen personality, this unseen entity, this unseen being, it's not, it's not metaphorical. As a matter of fact, because he describes him, he goes, well, because he was a murderer from the beginning, there's no truth in it. And when he lies, he just speaks of his own resources, is what the literal language says. Not just his native language, of his own resources. See, here's what you need to know about the devil. The devil, again, is not uh, this made-up thing to scare children into being good. That Jesus taught that the devil was a real being and a real personality. And that beyond that, what you need to know is this, is that the devil in and of himself is not God. Many times we get into this parallelism where we would say, well, there's good and there's evil, there's light and there's darkness, there's God, and then there's the 
And, and that would somehow mean that the devil is some equal opposite to God. It's not. There is no equal or opposite or anything like God on planet Earth or, or, or in the universe or anywhere. God is totally different. But that there is this being, this entity called the devil. And because he's not God, he lacks creative power. Does that make sense? In Genesis 1, God opens up the book and says, let there be light. And light just happens and God creates things. The devil doesn't have creative power. So what do you do when you don't have creative power? You can't make up anything new. So what you have to do then is take what already exists and then begin to manipulate it. So the, the way that the enemy works is not through the realm of creating things. Or let me put it in this way. That the devil doesn't work with the force of power. He works with the force of deception. Because he can't create anything new. He's going to take what's already there and begin to tweak it out just a little bit. And if I can take something that was really, really good and turn it into something different, I can make people turn against God. If I can take something that God made to be awesome and tweak it out just a little bit, I can make them destroy themselves with it. Because that's the only power that he has. If we go back to the book of Genesis and all throughout the scripture, the only power that the devil has is the power to deceive. And so this is where we begin to draw on this idea that he's the father of lies, that he's a deceiver, he's a manipulator. And so this is what Jesus begins to pull on. As a matter of fact, Jesus says something else about him. Not only is he a murderer, not only is he a liar... There's three different places in Scripture where Jesus talks about Satan or the devil being kind of a prince of the world. And I'll read one of them for you here. Listen to this. John chapter 14, verse 30. He says, I will not speak with you much longer. He's about to go to the cross right after these Scriptures and this talk here. For the prince of this world is coming and he has no hold on me. So not only is, is there a, an actual literal being, not only is he a deceiver and a murderer, his, his whole... Basically, mission statement is to kill, steal, and destroy. But he actually has some level of influence here on this earth. Does that make sense? Let me show you another one. So back in, in, in Luke chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, there's a story of when Jesus is being tempted in the desert. And listen, this is just one of them here. The Bible says that the devil led Jesus up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said, I will give you all their authority. What? The devil said, I will give you all their authority and splendor, for it has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want. Now, isn't that weird? So the devil is tempting Jesus, and he's in essence saying, if you'll obey your own father, your, your, if you'll disobey your heavenly father, I'll give you the world back. How would he be able to give the world back if it wasn't his to give? Isn't that strange? What most Bible teachers will tell you is that it goes back to the Garden of Eden, that back in the beginning... When it was just Adam and Eve, that the Bible says that they were given dominion. Everybody say dominion. Dominion, authority over the earth. That, that mankind was given that authority. And with their relationship with God, underneath him was meant to rule and reign on earth. But what happened to the Garden of Eden? There was, in essence, a rebellion against God, a disobedience against God. And when they disobeyed God, they lost their Dominion. They lost their authority. They lost the rightful place that they had in this world. And then who took it when that happened? The devil. And so the devil does have some level of influence, some level of, of something going on. And so in life, we see this. We see things going on that don't make sense. We see things going on that don't line up. And it, we have no good answers for them. There are certain things that we cannot come up with a good, logical, reasonable answer as to why that makes sense. And then we begin to fall back and realize that maybe, just maybe, 
But there's an unseen world that begins to affect our seen world. And there's an invisible world that, that somehow is influencing what goes on around us. It wasn't just Jesus that taught this. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. So in Ephesians chapter 6, the Apostle, this is like 30 years later. The Apostle Paul is teaching people how to live with God and live for God. And at the end of this chapter, or in the end of this book of Ephesians, he says this. He says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against this devil's schemes. Everybody say schemes. Yeah, there's something going on. Like you need to know and you need to be prepared and you need to be bad already that you live in a world that's affected by some other world that you can't see. And you need to be aware that there is an enemy, there is an entity, there is a devil, and he has schemes. He goes, because our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in what? Heavenly realms. Like, this is where we get the idea that, how many know like certain things come in dimensions? Like, sound is something that we hear, but we cannot see light travels there's different dimensions of light they're different it would appear to be that there's something going on around us that is on some type of different dimension in a heavenly realm that we cannot see as a matter of fact there's a story in the old testament about a prophet and he's basically surrounded by a great enemy that's going to attack him and and his servant is getting real nervous because that's what you would get too if an army surrounded you and was going to kill you. You'd be nervous. And so he's nervous and flipping out, but he goes to the prophet and the prophet seems, uh, you know, just as cool as a cucumber. He's not, not sweating at all. And he goes, boss, there's an army around us. I think we need to do something. We might need to run. And he said this. He goes, I want you to go out and take a look again. And so he prayed. He said, God, I pray that you'd open up his eyes to see the unseen. And the Bible says that the, the prophet's servant goes out and he sees an army of angels surrounding the enemy's army. And then when he comes back in, he goes, see, they that are with us are greater than they that are with them. There was literally something going on that they couldn't see and you couldn't make sense of and you couldn't explain away. and You couldn't quite quantify. And I know this sounds kind of weird for some of you, but I just need you to roll with me here. Because there is an enemy. And really what, again, the enemy's, you know, mission is to steal, kill, and destroy. He's a murderer from the beginning. Deception is his main tool. And as we'll see over the next few weeks, the point is to take life and just begin to twist it just a little bit to mess you up. Because and some of you, when you read the scripture we just read, you need to realize, like you're fighting in your marriage right now. But it might quite be just a little bit something else. You're fighting with your kids, you're fighting with your parents, you're fighting with friends. And Paul says, be careful. Anytime you enter into a human struggle, do not point blame where it really doesn't belong. Because really, you don't fight against flesh and blood, but you fight against something going on in an unseen world. Something going on in heavenly realms. So be careful, because isn't that, isn't that the easiest thing in the world to do if you're the devil, is just to convince everybody that you don't exist? Wouldn't that be the best trick of all is to be the guy behind the curtain and for you to never believe he exists. He would have won for you to believe that actually it was her. Actually, it was him. It was all their fault. And to point blame where it really didn't completely belong. And that is the art of misdirection. That is deception and so we see we see it all throughout our culture too we we have these ways of taking things that were meant to be good things and we turn them into bad things let me give me an example here we we take something like admiration and if you put the twist on it well that can become greed you take something like desire desire is a good thing but you put the twist on it 
and it becomes lust. Self-awareness. That's a good thing. It sounds good, but you put the twist on it, and then it becomes self-centeredness. We can get worse here. We can get heavier here. Let's think about this one. We live in a world where there are lots and lots and lots of people who want to kill unborn children. But if you put the twist on it, it sounds really a lot better if we call it pro-choice because that makes it sound really, really good. The twist. Pornography. Freedom of expression. God, that sounds good. Who doesn't want to express? You deserve to express yourself. Freedom's good. Boy, that's a doggone good twist. You can abuse power. You know we call that? It's just politics. You've got to play the game. You can take all types of, of perversion. You know what you call it? That's an alternative lifestyle. It's different. It's an alternative lifestyle. We take all these things. You can, you can take your heavenly father. And again, if you put the twist on it, then many of you will experience pain or suffering. And then you'll begin to blame God, who's the one person that could make sense of your pain and suffering. If you put the twist on it. And many of us live life duped into, dumbed into, falling into all these ideas, all these behaviors, all these habits, all these things. And it just, we just fall right into it because there's blinders on. We live in a world that is influenced by an unseen world. And what it do, it is doing to us is putting a twist on us so that we don't see it for what it really is. And for those of you who still kick back on me, and you still think, I don't know, devil, really, angels, demons, spooky stuff, I don't know. Let's be honest. There's some really, really things in this world that have no other description than just to call them evil. Like, Like there's people in the world right now who think that it's good and okay and pleasing to God to take a knife and cut somebody's head off with it. Like some stuff is just evil. Like, like child prostitution? What in the freaking world? What other explanation can you come up with for child prostitution than other than say something is doggone dysfunctional and jacked up in the world? There's certain things that are just evil. When we look at history, there's certain times and periods where like, you go look at the Holocaust and you think, this wasn't spontaneous. This wasn't somebody got angry and in their anger killed somebody. This was what people planned and premeditated to do. They got organized. They got systematic about the torture of human beings and thought it was the right way to go. Even in America, we had periods of our time where we thought slavery, that's good. To abuse people, to treat them like animals, that's good. What in the crap were we thinking? I'm sorry. You take certain things in this world, and at some point there is only one way to label them, and it is evil. I could keep going on and on, but what I want you to do is just walk with me down these next few weeks because I don't want you to live in the twist. I don't want you to walk through life and begin to normalize certain ideas because this unseen world is affecting your attitude. It's affecting your behavior, your behaviors. It's affecting your worldview and how you see and think about things. And I don't want you to live life in the twist. I want you to live life seeing truth for what it really, really is. The, the prophet Isaiah says these words. He goes, woe to those or really, really be careful. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Like be careful. That's a heavy burden to bear. Be careful. 
You know, John 8, where we were reading a moment ago, where Jesus was talking about the reason why you can't see it for what it is, is because you've been duped by the father of lies. It's the same, same chapter where Jesus says this, John chapter 8, verse 31. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, which that, that's pretty deep in and of itself. If you like, literally, no, no, get into it, soak into it, think about it, meditate on it, make it a part of your life. Hold to my teaching. You really will be my disciples. Again, the, the, the role of the disciple was to become like the teacher. Does that make sense? It wasn't just knowing what he knew. It was becoming who he was. And so, like, I want you to know that when you soak and immerse yourself into my words and you follow in my ways and you become like I'm becoming, like, this is what's going to happen. Then, everybody say then. Like, in light of that. Not before that, but after the fact. Because of that. Chain reaction. Then you will know what? This is the CIA's motto. You will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. So what is the only answer for this world of lies and this world of deception, this world of blinders, this world of twists? At some point, you've got to be so immersed in the truth that everything that comes up in opposition to that truth stands out to you as weird and wrong or abnormal or off or just not what God would have me do. But you've got to admit, we all live in a life where we, we sometimes find ourselves looking at our life's decisions and looking at our worldview. Because we would all agree with certain things, right? We, we would all agree like, okay, like personal debt, that's bad, right? We'd all agree with that, right? Then why don't we just not, not do it? <laughs> we, we get caught up in the twist. We get caught up in the blind. We, we, we get caught up in all. I could go on and on and on. There, there's a world full of lies. And what I want you to do is this, is as, as we, and again, I'm going to leave more unsaid than said get in here next week as we continue this series here's what jesus is in essence saying the world is not always as it seems because there's a twist and there's only one way to be free of that twist and that is to know the truth that comes from jesus and that comes from holding on to his words being his disciple and hopefully if you do that enough when something comes up against that truth it stands out to you as wrong as evil, as wicked, as off, as a lie, and you get to... Because some people do. You ever notice some people do, for some reason, live beyond the lie? And when you notice these people, they stand out to you because they just live a little bit differently than everybody else lives. Their marriage looks a little bit different than everybody else's marriage. The way they think about their, their life, the way they make decisions, the way they think about moral choices, the way they raise their kids, everything just looks a little bit different. So some people don't buy into it. Some people don't get caught up into the twist because they have lived beyond that. Join us for the next few weeks as we continue. I want to talk about three specific big areas that I think there is a huge twist. Again, this is just kind of the opening. We're just kicking over cans today. Getting here next, the next three weeks as we get into three specific lies and twists that are affecting every one of you on almost a daily basis. Let's pray this morning. So, Father, we pray, God, that you would be with us over these next few weeks, that, God, as we open up your words, as we follow in your ways, as we, we follow your teachings, God, as we hold to your truth, God, that we would be so immersed in truth that everything that doesn't line up with that truth would stand out as foreign, something not right, that we would look at the world around us and begin to see, God, there's a, there's a lie, there's a deception, there's a blinder. There's like a wool that's been pulled over our eyes. And we're not seeing clearly. And in light of that, we're not thinking clearly. And in light of that, we're not acting the way or living the way you would have us to live. And so, God, we pray, God, that you would help us to walk in your truth, Lord. 
We pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Can we have the Lord a big hand clap this morning?